Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second part of my interview with award-winning author Gerald Everett Jones. We start off this interview with the question of how the main character, Evan, from Preacher Finds a Corpse, wrestles with any doubts in his faith on his quest to find his friend's murderer. Not only do we discuss more details of Jones' book, but also advice Jones has for any inspiring authors that are listening. Let's tune in to hear what Jones has to say. Evangelist Billy Graham supposedly, I mean, if you saw that series of The Crown, there's a scene where he meets with Queen Elizabeth because, you know, she's she's really, she's having kind of a dark night of the soul and and she's doubting her faith, which wasn't quite the same as, you know, Church of England, Anglican, but, you know, Billy, Billy Graham, pretty much a Baptist, but he has an audience with her and he tells her, oh, and she says, did you ever have doubts? And he says, well, I had a dark night of the soul early in my career and you know i was you know and and there's this story of you know jesus 30 days in the wilderness i mean uh and he said you know he said after i got through that phase i never looked back i have trouble believing that i think that any person whether you're someone who's in the ministry or whether you are you're just an everyday person i think that doubt is is a daily pest. <laughs> uh, I I think there da- and, and and I mean just look at the writer's life. You know uh, there are days when you stare at that blank page. <laughs> I mean it's not in typewriter anymore, but <laughs> there are days when you stare at that blank page and go, why am I doing this? You know what's the point? And um, and so and, and but but you see doubt is part of the engine. And yeah. again we come back to. We come back to the curious mind. All right. Well, if Evan, the thing that really drives Evan as both someone who has questions about religion or and faith, questions about science and and answers, theories, hypotheses, but also questions about crimes, questions about wrongs, doubt is the engine because I don't have the answer and I really want that. And I really want to, and in, in, in the, in the world of an, uh, of an investigator or indeed, indeed of a, of a theologian writing an essay or writing a sermon. Okay. The next step is not necessarily to it. Yeah. I think it can be a cheat to jump to the answer to say, you know, okay, okay, I'm going to open the Wycliffe Bible commentary, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to look in the index and I'm going to find the verse <laughs> in the Bible that answers this question. So I'm going to go right to the Bible because the Bible is out of the market, and, and and I'm and I'm going to I'm going to preach on this one verse. Okay, no, if if you if you if you're involved in inquiry, you go to the next step. You don't necessarily go to the, you look for a clue. You, you over, you turn the rock over. You don't know whether there's a snake underneath it or a diamond. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's, that's the quest, but that's, what's interesting. That's what's interesting. And I, I, um, I studied the work of, um, of Dan Brown. I, some of the best advice I ever got. I, I, I took his master class and, you know, I I had thought he, he's kind of a master of backing people into a corner physically, 
you know, where they're threatened and that there's no way out, you know, and then, but then they find the secret passage or, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, he's got a master of cliff cliffhangers. And he said, and his advice was, it really rather surprised me. He said, I want you to make promises. He says, I want you to make promises to the reader. And he says, make, you know, every chapter is in my book has got half a dozen promises. And the promise is, what's the answer to this? What will happen next? Um, why did he do this? What, what, what will happen between them? You know, will she, will she dump him? Will, will they kiss? Okay. Those are all promises. The promise is if you turn the page, you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be there. And the answer course, will be there. And, and, of, and of course, and of course, end the chapter with a promise. <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, what's next? And that that's informed my writing and I, I you know i always kind of knew that but i i it was it was really delightful to have him express it so clearly and one of the other things i realized and i don't know where in my fiction career you know when i wrote nonfiction, i wrote to outlines i wrote for editors at mainstream publishers and if i departed from the outline i got my wrist slapped and i had to i had to explain why um you know two chapters a week like clockwork um and when I got into fiction, I began to realize, well, number one, from my training as an actor, I realized I'd much rather be a writer than an actor because as an actor, I've kind of got to wait for the part, the character to come to me. You know, if I don't, you know, I, number one, I'm, maybe I'll never get an audition for the per, kind of person I ever, you know, wanted to play. If I'm a, if I'm Helen Helen Mirren, okay, I'm, I'm gonna you know she can shoot the telephone book as they say yeah. in Hollywood, okay, she can pick her roles or she can have one written for, her. but um, but as an actor you have to wait for that to come to you, and you know, uh, okay, Joaquin Phoenix he's got you know four scripts in front of him he gets to pick again you know do i want to be a bad guy again well one of the things i found is much more fascinating to be a bad guy than just to be a lead lead okay that's one thing but the other thing is as a writer you get to invent all the parts and you get to play every one of them because as you write you invest yourself in that character you stand in their shoes you have to because you have to describe the color of the sky the what they see how they feel about this other character they invented and in the next scene you've got to step into the other person's shoes so one of the th things i found is that it's almost impossible for me to write to an outline because those once i've once i've endowed those characters with motives and intentions and a will they go where they want to go they say what they want to say and the thing that i discovered which is very dan brownish is mm -hmm. If I can surprise myself, if I can make a promise to myself that I don't know the answer to, if I delight myself, I can delight the reader. And so I try for the story to be a series of surprises. And that's one of the things that, you know, that, that's what gets you off the blank page, because I really want to find out what happens next.
Yeah, that's, that's a new mystery. <laughs> and that's how you write books, which I mean, it's it, it's not just bragging. I, you know, I will find beta readers and also and colleagues, but also reviewers who do not know me, who do not know me in my books. And they will all say, I didn't know what was going to happen until the last page. And I it I I just I I know that that's the last word because bang <laughs> that's where this was all going yeah. and it is very much a process of the subconscious mind you as an artist you have to trust yourself that you do you are going places that you know whether it's mozart taking dictation from god or it's just simply your own psyche wrestling with itself of course there's a reason that you pick this theme yeah. Of course, there's a reason that that you identify with this character more than the other one. Of course, there's there are these types of opponents arrayed arrayed against him. Yes, these are all elements of your own psyche. These are all things that you're wrestling with in your own soul, if you will. So, is it? Is it a combination of metaphysics and murder? Yes, of course. Of course. Again, we come down to why is there evil in the world? Why, you know, and and yet, and I think the wonderful thing about fiction especially is one of the secrets of the bestseller writers is that they immerse you in a world. And that's obviously true of science fiction or fantasy horror because you know everything in that world has to be invented but one of the things that i and but it's also true about mystery i mean the preacher series set in small town missouri this small town is a world there are people who've never ventured from this world mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and there are characters that you're going to find from one you know Coralie who's the waitress at the, at the you know at the local cafe she's always showing up she's always dishing out advice she's yeah. always she's always <laughs> giving him the gossip that's going to you know that's gonna be <laughs> but i mean one of the things that i realized about you know the you know, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, you know, the, the, the opponents in that book, you've got an audience of tweens, say, which was the primary audience when she first started writing them, who are immersed in a world, they're holed up in their room as an alternative to going to school and facing domineering teachers and schoolyard bullies. Well, who shows up in the Harry Potter series, but domineering te teachers and, and school, and, and school and unfair and unfair rules and schoolyard bullies. Okay. And one of the beauties of it, and I don't remember who asked me the question, but I thought that the answer was really great is that, you know, and, and I was this way in, in, in junior high school. I, I was very much a geek who was in his shell. And one of the years the teacher wanted to promote me, wanted me to skip a grade. And my parents wouldn't let her do that. And the reason that was given was, well, you'll build a wall, you'll build walls around walls around yourself because you won't fit in with anybody. Now, I'm not sure 
I'm not sure how it would have gone because I might have developed social skills <laughs> earlier than than you know. Yeah. I mean, I was an adaptive kid. I was a smart kid, mm -hmm. but um, but but I I was a I was a nerd and a geek and a and a and and very much an introvert. And um, I, I was, I think the only thing that pulled me out was Boy Scouts. I was very much involved in Boy Scouts. So, um, but coming back to Harry Potter, um, it's been suggested, and it might have been in a review, that uh, that there are young readers who actually will resolve some of their conflicts or angst in the real world by reading these books that their their self-confidence their personality will their i mean if 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 personality has to do with assertiveness has to do with yes that's right yes that that's what i think okay well then if if you have this resolution that's what i think the next thing you're going to do is you're going to open your mouth and say something <laughs> okay well if you say something suddenly you're a social animal <laughs> you're you're involved in storytelling you're yeah. sitting around that campfire saying no it couldn't happen that way <laughs> no <laughs> or 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 i don't want it to happen that way yeah. that's not fair he should pick up that weapon yeah. <laughs> and, go, and go after go after that bad get the uh, firearm that, that ogre that, you know and and yes there there are times when good guys pick up firearms i will i will readily admit i am not a pacifist i uh i i've certainly gone to my share of um of peaceful demonstrations but i i um you know i'm i'm a member of the vietnam generation i i i i I had uh, actually had tuberculosis during that time, oh. and that that kind of it was a mild case, it, you know. But I was treated, and that was one of the things that that's one of the reasons that they would not put you in the army. And my draft number was six. I actually reported to the induction center, and and it was it seemed fifty fifty as to whether I would be stepping on the bus or going home. And uh, I did have friends who went and I had I did have friends who didn't come back. I also had people in business later who worked for me who had come back and who would never speak of it. Oh, never, ever yeah. speak of it. And uh, I I do. I do appreciate that level of. Sacrifice, if you will. And. Again, I come back to this question of doubt. Okay, if I if I am wearing my country's colors and I am carrying a weapon and I am going into a village and I don't know where the bad guys are, mm -hmm. if I don't have doubts in my mind at that point, I'm not a human being. Okay. Yeah. Now, bravery is despite the doubt, I've got to go in and I've got to do what's necessary to do. Now, is that right or wrong? I might spend the next two decades of my life trying to figure that out. And that is a serious and that is an honest question. But, you know, history is written by, you know, again, we'll go back to literature and that yeah. saying, you know, not only are you condemned to repeat the stuff that you don't remember or teach, history is also written by the winners. 
Turn by the wonders. Yeah. So in in many ways, as as worthy as our past efforts are as nations to right wrongs, remember that the people who died in those conflicts never wrote about it. Okay, so yeah. what was it like to be? Let's pick. What was it like to be Stalin's soldier defending the Western Front in the middle of winter when there was no food and 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 um, boxcars of soldiers were being dead soldiers were being sent home. Uh, you, 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 that's not black. You, you can't, you can't, you can't judge that for what it is uh, or, or for, for what is obvious. And uh, yes, um, evil man, uh, no question, who was willing to send millions of his people into their graves okay. for his own agenda. And we see that happening today. And, uh, and yet, um, and yet, uh, there are reasons things happen. And um, we need to appreciate. We need to put ourselves in the role of the debater and say, how did this happen from the other side? What, what really is going on here? Because if we don't understand that, then it's going to happen again and again and again. Now, I'm not such an idealist that I would think that we can get to a world where that will never happen. But I do think that we can get in a better place than we are. <laughs> Some lessons uh, have to be learned, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, actually, it I think it was... Um, Zbigniew Brzezinski, I wasn't, let's see, wasn't he Secretary of State under Carter? And he said, um, mm -hmm. well, you know, as democracies, we have to, um, he said, most often our objective is the, the beneficent cornucopia, <laughs> he called it. And, you know, the, the greatest, the greatest good for the greatest number. Now, if we, if we truly adhere to the greatest good for the greatest number, that means that it would be fundamentally unfair for the three richest people in the world to own more than, than half of Americans, okay? That's not the greatest good for the greatest number. No. And, and yet here he was, the Secretary of State, a Democratic president, who was saying, this is the mission of the State Department. This is the mission of the U.S. government. Okay. And the other thing, you know, we have this controversy going on now about, you know, the role of government and whatever. I, the fellow who prepared my taxes until he retired was a, an, a former IRS agent. 
which is why one of the reasons I trusted his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I also worked very closely with a fellow who was uh, worked for the government accounting. They called it the government accounting office. It was, it's now called the government accountability office. But he, he also was an auditor. He also was a, you know, like an, a, a, he, he was someone who tried to enforce the rules. And, uh, but one of the things I learned, which just stunned me, was the official motto of the inter Internal Revenue Service is reasonable people will differ. That's amazing. Yeah. A, a world yeah. government that would that would have its primary agent of the treasurer saying, treasury saying, you know, we could be wrong, you could be right. And so mm -hmm. he, he said, he said, never fear an audit. Yeah. He said, and he said, number one, you're not going to have to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, I will go in your behalf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right away, right away, right away, the fear, the, some of the fear went out of that. But he said, you know, it, and this also comes back to storytelling. One of the most marvelous um, uh, film directors I ever worked with, uh, who is also a mentor of mine, he said, uh, Here's a rule for screenwriters and directors. Have a reason for everything you do. Have That's a reason, nice, yeah. you know, and, and if somebody criticizes what you do, your response is, did you like that? <laughs> did you like it? <laughs> it took us all day to get that shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because in, in, on one of the uh, CD covers, of of something that we did there was a misspelling <laughs> that we caught only after it had been released oh no and i called and i called him and i said this is a, he says no he says that makes it collectible <laughs> so that's have a, a positive way of seeing it <laughs> have, have a reason for everything you do and the other thing he said was you know a director really only needs to be able to say yes or no he says that's the skill yeah because you have so you have so many talented people around you it's like do you do you like that cost that dress on her? Do you do you like the lighting this way? Mm -hmm. uh, should should she cross from left to right or right right to left? Like you know, it's it's yeah. yes or no. Uh, mm -hmm. Because beyond that, if you say no, you trust those talented people to give you a great alternative. Yeah. You know, and one of the things they say about Clint Eastwood is, you know, he used to be. He had a reputation as a young man for being argumentative and difficult, okay, as an actor. Now, as a director, he's what they call an attractor. Like, I mean, Woody Allen's also like an attractor, not doesn't win through intimidation, wins through just simply trusting the talent of the people that 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 would would work at a pay cut to work for they want to work yeah. for him so much they'll work for half scale okay I, I don't know that it's half scale but they they will they will work at a low budget rate mm -hmm. you know and and eastwood has been known to do one take and say and he doesn't even say cut he, he just walks away <laughs> he just walks away like okay what's the next that's the next that's the way of saying let's move on <laughs> well i i heard it said which i found marvelous is uh he was the one director who was still allowed to shoot in downtown 
Washington, D.C., because the police knew when he said he'd be done in four hours, he'd be done in three hours and 59 minutes. <laughs> so he was really like, let's cut to he the was like, like, let's keep. <laughs> okay, we're, we're you know, we're, whatever we got is what we got. Let's go. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that was kind of like, uh, um, mm -hmm. I, Robert Altman had the reputation for if it's not in the script, and that's what these talented actors did. Let's let's mm -hmm. let's keep it what let's keep it the way they said it because that might be a whole lot better. Who knows? Whereas yeah. you know you've got you've got Spielberg or William Wyler back in the day, thirty takes <laughs> <laughs> to get it. oh you you miss, you missed of in the middle of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> now let's 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 just say that you know being a, a perfectionist like mr spielberg has its merits obviously so uh and mm -hmm. we don't want to disrespect we don't want to disrespect some of the greatest uh names in the business but um mm -hmm. but there are there are different ways of doing things yeah. and um making it up as you go along has a lot of virtue yeah uh, has but you've got you've also got to know what to leave on the cutting room floor you've also got to yeah. know um you know, maybe I'm just droning on too long about this. <laughs> Could you um, apply like kind of that advice to, um, to like, you know, like aspiring authors, like yeah, Nate, like it's like a good mix of like, I mean, for aspiring authors, like, like when it comes to writing, because when you said that, um, like it, like with um, movies, like is it good to also like plan stuff out, but to also, you know, do a mix of like seeing where it goes? I just want to ask Well, that. you know, I, like like a good debater i think i can go either side on this one because one of the great storytellers was ernest hemingway mm -hmm. i really and he wanted all sentences less than 20 words no more than two compound phrases in a sentence no words longer than three syllables that was mm -hmm. that is that was the journalist he was a newspaper man basically that yeah. was the journalistic style he brought and he was, and I don't know whether he used the phrase, but it's very Hemingway asked to say, kill your your children, kill your favorites. If you've got if you've got something in a scene that you think is really brilliant, that might be the thing to cut. Now, I don't agree with that yeah. most of the time. Most of the time. And I frankly think that Hemingway watered down narrative style more than it should have been. I mean, I think what he did was very wonderful for newspaper journalism, which shouldn't be Baroque. Yeah. But um, writers like Edith Wharton and Henry James, after Hemingway, they were they fell very much out of favor. And you, you will not find more glorious sentences than in e mm -hmm. Edith Wharton. Okay. I, and I think some of the color came out of of um novels for qu quite a while now one of the interesting things I, I regard uh john le carre as my literary father and ann tyler as my literary mother um uh le carre especially in his early uh novels especially tinker taylor soldier spy some of his sentences go on for a paragraph yeah. And I I found that a challenging book to get through. But now, when I am just stumped about what should I read next, 
I've picked that book up again. I, yeah. I, I'm, I must have read that book a dozen times. And now it has some themes and some resonances that, um, that I identify with, but it's also got that, um, I wouldn't say amateur sleuth because obviously George Smiley is an expert at the spy game, but he's very much a reluctant investigator. Mm -hmm. he's really he's really not somebody he 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 just as soon sit at his desk and 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 uh you know and and and, and shuffle government forms uh, he's that much of a bureaucrat um and and he and there's loyalties in his life um he's he's very attached not only to his his department his job and 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 a kind of lo fatherly love fatherly and brotherly love that he has for the people around him but of course it turns out that the people who are closest to him are the ones who are betraying him the worst and he's going to find that out yeah and so that really that tugs at the heart because you you want to have again this if you will christian attitude toward uh you know um uh, uh I just I I choose love as my which is the title of one of my friends' books. Um, but then again, one must defend oneself. One must defend one's community. One must defend one's ideals, um, because we do want tomorrow to be better than today. Yeah. So uh, we we these are the themes we wrestle with. <laughs> yeah and and, 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 and and hopefully and this is one of the things that bothers me you know here i am in hollywood <laughs> beautiful uh, left coast santa monica um one of the things about and I've, I've i've certainly worked in the in in, in the movie business and um maybe not as successfully <laughs> as i have it yeah. but um one of the things that bothers me is just simply this industry being called entertainment mm-hmm books and movies are not distractions no they're not there not. to they're not there i mean even in yes disney picked up the marvel comic series and and inherited a thousand characters okay um and and these are popcorn movies and these 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 rely on sensationalism whatever one of the most prominent screenwriting mentors I had was Lou Hunter, who mentored people like Shane Black. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the thing, one of the things that he preached was he said in any action movie, he says, I don't care how interesting the action is, the emotion is what carries the story. Oh yeah. Oh, I do um want to tell you though, we do have uh, almost about like a minute and 30 left. So I just I just want to give you that like quick warning. I well, was like, you know, you know I, I yeah. You did also ask the question, and it, it 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 relates to your last one. What should other writers? What 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 would I say to other writers? And I would mm -hmm. say, it is the era of self publishing, and I would say jump in the game as soon as you possibly can. I I have been there and done that. I have sent a hundred query letters via email to agents. And this is since I was represented by a big agency, okay? Yeah. That didn't want to do deal with me anymore. I have queried agents over and over. I, you know, if you send out a hundred queries, you might get two responses. But I will say if you connect with an agent tomorrow, mm -hmm. the soonest you will be on a shelf is a year from now, maybe two. And there are a million books published a year. And if you 
are with a mainstream publisher, they're going to require you to do the same social media things that you would do if you self-publish. So if you don't know the game, I would say, especially if it's your first one, jump in, jump okay. in now. And if okay. you're going to publish in an ebook, you'll be published worldwide tomorrow right after you press the submit button or yeah. <laughs> maybe 72 hours after that was gerald everett jones all of his books are currently available on amazon so if you enjoy a great mystery don't miss out on the evan wickliffe mysteries trilogy thank you all for listening and tune in next week for more content